May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machines. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. Well, good evening and welcome to Pello Talk. I'm back in the studio. We've finished the renovations of the office. The storeroom has been converted to a uh, really nice professional control suite. And uh, now the whole studio and office is, is one combined building. So that's good. And it's, it's great to be back. And as you can see, um, I've uh, moved in a little bit more and made one wall of this fantastic flexible space uh, more permanently mine. Uh, so hopefully you can get used to seeing this and uh, a special welcome to Queen Liz, who's always welcome uh, in the Commonwealth of Australia to true patriots. Well, a bit of a kerfuffle has uh, happened on Twitter, as is off to happen. And uh, we have a great article from Alexandra Marshall on The Good Source today. And uh, its title is Online Abuse is Okay if the left do it. I'm going to have a bit of a chat with you about this because uh, this is the topic of the show tonight. Um, one rule for the left, another rule for conservatives. The message could not be any clearer after the despicable behaviour of Guardian Australia journalist Ben Eltham over the last few days. Previously independent MP Craig Kelly joined Clive Palmer's United Australia Party. As part of the UAP's election campaign, the party sent out thousands of SMS messages to a random group of people. This is a perfectly legal and common practice among political parties in Australia. In ordinary times, these messages get deleted or ignored. On this occasion, the left decided to mount an abusive online campaign against Craig Kelly in retaliation for the great torture of having to read an SMS. Their hate for Kelly is a matter of public record. His speeches in defence of liberty have caused outrage with the, within the Labor Party and its supporters, although why they take such personal offence at one man standing against big state tyranny and the abuse of human rights is anyone's guess. The Liberal Party similarly begrudge him because he poses a serious risk to their re-election campaign. Kelly is everything the coalition should be and his existence serves as a tide marker for how far they've receded down the beach. All we know for sure is that if these political opponents can't get Kelly cancelled, they're happy to use social media as a weapon to invade his personal life. On August 31st, Crikey News posted a tweet recommending that people mass spam Craig Kelly's mobile phone number, which they subsequently provided in the article. This broke Twitter's community safety policy by deliberately using Twitter to orchestrate online harassment against another person. The Crikey News tweet reads, who's up for a mass act of political trolling? Since Craig Kelly is spamming people's mobiles, why not give him a dose of his own medicine? Bernard Keane offers several ways to hack Kelly and the UAP and the contact details to do it, unlocked. And there's a link to their article. Alexandra Marshall continues, 
There is no room for misunderstanding. This was an undisputed doxing for the purpose of targeted harassment against an individual. The author of the Crikey article, Bernard Keane, has since complained that he has been abused, quotation marks, by people replying to his article. Quote, far-right conspiracy theories with fake photo and 37 followers, just the Russian bot I like getting abused by, end quote, said Keane. Keane put up his own tweet doxing Kelly, which also should have resulted in an immediate suspension of his account. The Guardian Australia's Ben Eltham went one step further and reblogged the Crikey article with Craig Kelly's phone number, along with an invitation to his 52,000 followers to send Kelly a text, many of them obliged, dutifully sending obscene messages. While Eltham didn't ask them to be abusive, he must have guessed it would be a predictable outcome of his actions. Once he became aware of the nature of the messages being sent, he doubled down on his invitation rather than stopping. These tweets from Crikey, Keane and Eltham all remain up. Suffice to say, if a conservative had posted the same thing about a female Labor MP, not only would their online account be taken down, there's every chance of police involvement over misusing a carriage service to intimidate and harass. The left media are, as we know, untouchable. While Crikey's tweet might have been borderline, Eltham's was not. He directly violated Twitter safety guidelines and was reported by thousands of Twitter users. And in the article, there's a link to those policies where you can see them. You're not allowed to post personal information. If this had been anyone else's account, they, they would have been under a permanent suspension almost immediately as Twitter prioritizes breaches in privacy. Instead, Twitter has chosen not to touch Eltham in clear violation of its own terms of service. Is it because he works for The Guardian Australia or simply because Twitter thinks that it's perfectly okay to harass and intimidate political personalities that it disagrees with? Either way, Twitter owes its users an explanation regarding the inconsistent policing of its terms, especially when personal safety is in question. And uh, there's a embedded tweet there from Ben Eltham. Social media might appear to be the internet's version of the Wild West, but there are some firm rules that cannot be crossed. Doxing is one of them. Doxing occurs when a, user's, when a user posts private details about another user related to their identity or contact information. It is illegal in some parts of the world where social media servers are housed and expressly forbidden by community guidelines. Bizarrely, this is not the most outrageous part of the saga. Ex-Liberal candidate, Indigenous advocate, Sky News contributor and author Warren Mundine vented his frustration at Eltham's appalling behaviour by calling Eltham something nasty in a tweet. We're all adults and Twitter is not daycare. If adults want to insult each other, they are free to do so. Eltham himself made a post showing that he was unconcerned by the comment. Instead of punishing Eltham for breaking some pretty serious ethical codes and possibly violating the law regarding carriage services, it was Warren Mundine who found himself in trouble. Labor turned around and asked the government to remove Mundine from his position on the SBS board. This is the same Labor Party that did not have a problem with Eltham inciting abuse online. If Mundine's tweet was in breach of the SBS's board, SBS board's code of conduct, what was Eltham's to The Guardian Australia? 
One was mildly offensive, the other potentially criminal. Mundine has apologised for his outburst, but Eltham has not. Both his tweet and the article it links to remain published. Labor has since whinged to the Minister for Communications, Paul Fletcher, that the Governor-General should remove Mundine from his position at the SBS. The rest of Blitter's, Twitter's blue-tick journalists were quick to offer supports, were quick to support efforts to cancel Mundine. Eltham has returned to gloat about his victory. Quote, for the record, I was not offended by Warren Mundine's tweet, and I defend his right to freedom of speech. We should try and keep our public sphere free of abuse and concentrate on the big issues. Also, please send only nice text messages to Craig Kelly, end quote, said Eltham. A strange message from someone who deliberately set out to abuse a political rival. This is the future of politics in Australia if we allow the government to encourage social media companies like Twitter to use their community guidelines as a tool of political censorship rather than a genuine level playing field for its users. Maybe we should thank Eltham. He has shown us the inequality of the social audio order we live under, an environment where the left are free to intimidate the right into silence. Thanks, Alexandra, for that article. And uh, joining me now is the man of the hour, Warren Mundine. Warren, welcome to The Good Source. Great to have you with us tonight. Yeah, great to see you, uh, David. Yeah. Now, um, was that just a, uh, a terrible mistake from you? I mean, it, it's kind of predictable when you, uh, as a conservative, um, behave badly on Twitter of all places in public, you are going to be taken to the woodshed for it. Look, okay, I could have put it in a, a better way. I could have used a different word, so I plead guilty on that. Uh, the problem uh, is that uh, I'm very strong about this issue of doxing, about abusing people. I know of a person who committed suicide in Brisbane because of this, uh, mm -hmm. And I, a couple of years ago, and I know there, uh, that people have been even abused within different political parties and have, have uh, attempted suicide and have, and have been under a lot of stress and a lot of problems. What Craig Kelly did is what every political party does. I get, I get heaps of those uh, SMS messages from all different political parties, and as you said, and as the article said, I ignore them. And... Uh, and, and that and that's it. Uh, yep. Now, but this idea that that and especially a journalist can go out there and then start running a campaign of going out and get you know and knowing that uh, that people were going to uh, go out there and abuse them uh, yep. is not is not the way that we should be running politics. You should, if you disagreement, that's fine. You have your arguments, you have your debates. Uh, you don't go out there and put out a person's uh, phone number, their address or whatever, and no matter what their political persuasion is, I don't care if it's Labor, Liberal, National or whatever, uh, they should not uh, get a cop that sort of abuse. 100% agree. Um, mm. and, and you're right. Uh, this is very serious behaviour. Um, it, it's not just uh, rude and repulsive, um, it, it's, it's actually ending up in, in people taking their own lives. And this isn't a joke and it's not a laughing matter. And that's why Twitter introduces and implements 
uh, and why society applauds good community guidelines which say, hey, you don't get to incite a mob against anybody for any reason, no matter how much you, you think they deserve it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we had, I mean, I know of people who've, who, and we all do, I think, know of people who have sadly um, died of suicide following um, these kind of online mobs. And we hope that the people we know who are targeted by them um, are able to withstand the storm and, and be resilient. But you just never know what's going on um, in somebody's personal life. And to make their personal life uh, fair game and a public target uh, is, is just uh, callous, uh, cruel and, and criminal, quite frankly. Well, I believe so too, and I've been campaigning on this uh, for, for uh, with Erin Molan and that for a number of years. In fact, if people would have seen that 60-minute program of Erin and myself, I mm. tried to commit suicide uh, with, after receiving all this abusive attacks, racist attacks, and, and it's really funny. I've got the racist attacks from people who usually had a hashtag, I, I'm anti-racist, or in a blue, mm. in a blue bloody... Uh, a drop on the stuff. And this yep. is the damage and this is the danger that can happen to people. Now, you I, know, I, go, I didn't know that, Warren. I, hadn't, I haven't seen that story. I might have to go watch it, but this, uh, I didn't know that. No wonder you reacted so viscerally um, to, to this. It, I mean, it's still not okay and you still apologise, <laughs> but um, it makes a little bit more sense that you you actually feel for what Craig Kelly's um, potentially going through and and other people like him. Yeah, well, it's not only Craig Kelly. It's a number of people, and it's a number of uh, people out in the public eye and it's a number of the, uh, people in politics and that. Uh, look, we can have our arguments. We're, we're in, a, in a liberal democracy. We can have our disagreements right. and we can have our debates. But this is what got me, that a journalist could go out there and do such a thing and I, and I can tell you how it, when you get savage like that, what mm. it does to a person. Because, you know, and as I said, uh, you know, I, I, you know, at the back of my house, I have a 20 metre drop. I went out the back to throw myself over and, and you know, my wife had and, and to help me and stuff like that. This is the sort of danger that wow. uh, these people do and get out there. And I, and, Really, I think people uh, should have a, a lot more common sense, especially a journalist uh, are supposed to be reported. If he wants to go out there and have campaigns, he's quite free to do that. But don't call yourself a journalist. Call yourself an activist. Call yourself right. a, uh, call yourself a, you know, join a political party or whatever and do those things. But yep. going out there and, uh, and, and opening the door for such behaviour uh, can end in very, very uh, uh, dangerous situations. What were you targeted for uh, when leading up to, to that event, that dark chapter, uh, when you thought about taking your life? Well, it's, it's really bizarre uh, because I have uh, very good, even though I left the Labor Party, I have very good relationships with members of the Labor Party, I have very good relationships with, with members of uh, the Labor Party part, a parliamentary wing, and I also at state and federal levels, and I and and you would not believe uh, this abuse, and it happens it happens to a lot of people like myself who are conservative. You know, you'd see it with Jacinda Price. You know, you see the mm -hmm. most dread, dreadful racist 
attacks from people. Uh, even Stan Grant copped it when he, he didn't toe the line uh, with, with the left. And I just, I just find it's disgraceful how people uh, behave like this and then, and then sit down and, and say that they're civilised human beings. And I just find it, I just find it disgraceful. Uh, yep. And I've campaigned on this that they need to start looking at these things being criminal offences because people have died from them and people yes. have suffered from them uh, and, and mentally. And even if they haven't died, it's taken them years, if not forever, to recover from these things. And yep. and, and, and and I just and this is the, one of the reasons why I'm so strong about it. I've seen it happen to people uh, who don't deserve this. I've, uh, I don't, in fact, I don't think any, I've seen anyone who deserves this sort of stuff. It's like yeah. a, it's a, it's like a mob, a lynch mob coming at people, yeah. and, and it's just endless. You know, like the comments that was made about Erin Morland and and her and her and, and her family, and it's just disgraceful. And and I, I just thought, what sort of human being does this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Warren, um, you said your wife came out and and intervened and. Praise God, she did. Um, was that a, a quick and easy recovery, or was it complicated, slow? And it's, it, it's not a recovery. Uh, anyone who goes through these processes, it, you don't really recover. To be quite honest, uh, you, it's always there, and things trigger you, uh, and hence probably my language. But uh, it, was, it was wrong, and I and I and I should have chose a different word, like, like you're a dipstick or something. But yeah. I just a jerk and a few other little choice words. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just I just find this totally bizarre, and I just cannot understand as a civilized uh, modern human being can actually go out there and do these type of things. Yep. You know, um, I've recently learned of a, a quote. Um, and uh, I might think of who said it. Um, but, you know, we on the right side of politics like to talk about free speech and we hate hearing about banned speech or, or hate yeah. speech and we don't want to see who can, who can do that. Uh, we don't want to know who has the, the... The tough question is who gets the power to ban what? Uh, and um, this, this great quote says, um, there is a speech which... Oh, sorry, there is an idea which stops all ideas, and that is the only idea which should be stopped. Uh, yeah. And that's essentially saying, you know, the, the point of free speech is to allow debate and exploration of, of topics and, and challenges uh, and criticisms, um, but a complete lack of restraint on, on speech has a restraining effect on speech. And so if we want speech to be unrestrained, we have to know what types of speech to restrain uh, and the kind of intimidation that leads to somebody considering taking their own life is obviously uh, going to have a chilling effect on debate. It's obviously uh, going to end many people who might otherwise be brave enough to stick their head above the parapet and speak up for firm and sincerely formed uh, convictions. Uh, and so I'm with you. I, I think this kind of behaviour, the the uh, inciting of an online mob and targeted harassment, um, especially by somebody with such influence and profile, uh, should be considered premeditated uh, criminal 
and um, and should be punished so that it can be prevented in the spirit of uh, making sure that social media, Twitter and the public square in general is as free and open a platform as possible. It might seem um, back to front, but if, if I think if we think about it, uh, those of us um, who believe in absolute free speech, and that's not me, obviously, um, might have to think that that is actually a, a self-defeating objective. What are your thoughts? Look, uh, it, it wouldn't be... A, a, a great world that we have, and I and I look, I, I, you know, despite all the issues and everything we have globally, and we've seen what's happening in Afghanistan and that. I have a very positive view of human beings when when we when we get together, and it's about and, and our, in our liberal democracies, we've always believed in in people have putting their views forward, and and uh, and debating. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was deputy mayor of Dubbo, there was a a bloke who who wanted to set up a, a Ku Klux Klan uh, a, a, a chapter in Canaveral. Now I was yeah. rung up by uh, by the ABC and they said, "Would you like to talk about that?" And I said, said "Sure." And they asked the uh, the president of the time of the uh, Civil Liberties uh, a, a group, uh, a, a Nort John Norton, who's a uh, Dubbo person too, a lawyer, and we both said that we sh he has a right. To talk about wanting to do that. I totally disagree with what he wants, but if we cannot defeat him in regard to a sensible, common sense debate dealing with facts and figures, then then, then we're hopeless. If yeah. you cannot do that, then you're hopeless. Uh, if, you, if you believe that you are on the right side of things, and, and everyone does, you know, they believe that whether they're left or right or whatever, they believe they're on the right side. Uh, if you cannot articulate your debate and take these people on, then uh, then then, then, you, then what do you really believe in if, if, if you can't explain what you believe in? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that... I don't know that I would want Ku Klux Klan to... Never do I. No, uh, I never do I. Uh, look, it's... Um, I know what you're saying. We should be able to defeat them on the basis and, of... And of we did. He, 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 the thing never went, went ahead because the common sense of the people out there in Western New South Wales mm. sort of said, well, this bloke's a bit of a... A bit of a clown, and uh, and that, does he know the history of the Ku Klux Klan and, and the dreadful stuff that they did? You know, in Australia, in fact, we, uh, we we're pretty sensible people. You know, we're, they tried to yeah, ban the Communist Party, and we uh, and the public voted against it. And guess what? Uh, we had twenty something years of Menzies in that process because people didn't want. The Communist Party. In fact, I didn't. I don't. Until recently, I didn't even know the Communist Party was still around until I saw the Black Lives Matters marches. You know, it, you know, people aren't stupid, and they should not be treated as being stupid. They right. can understand a, a a discussion. They can they can sit down and think about it, and they can make a decision about what they're going to do. Well, I tell you, uh, who has been treating the people like they're stupid? And that's the governments of the states, territories and Commonwealth, uh, which have been fully censoring any kind of dissent, debate or discussion of anything, uh, any criticism of public health messages. That's why Craig Kelly 
was ejected from the Liberal Party and, and not welcome there uh, because debate isn't welcome. Uh, challenging uh, the cherry-picked experts isn't welcome at all. And I think it's infantilizing. It's really treating the people of Australia like infants, that they can't judge for themselves, read um, contradictory scientific experts and come up with a conclusion. Uh, I think, like you said, when there's you've got something as, as starkly stupid as the Ku Klux Klan, it's really obvious people can make yeah. a good choice because we're common sense people. But if the if the truth isn't so starkly obvious, maybe it shouldn't be imposed with this degree of authoritarianism. Maybe there should be, I don't know, liberal values to actually let people choose for themselves what experts they're going to believe uh, and what scientific evidence is going to make more sense and and inform their their discussions. Oh, th that's right. You know, you you go out and you and you and you and you do research and think about things. You, you use your life experiences. You uh, you look at the experts who are out there talking from all sides. And that and let's be let's be honest. They are they do have differing opinions. And you sit there now. And it's like with it's like with my medical uh, uh, doctor in that you know he he and uh, puts forward a you know he sits here and talks to me and he goes through about through my health stuff and and we and we talk about it and then we go uh, okay um, you know then we say what what are we going to do but at the end of the day it's me that makes the decision yep I decide whether I'm going to go ahead with the medication or I'm going to uh, not go ahead with it. I decide if I'm going to have the operation or not have the operation. Now, uh, in, in most cases, yeah, you, know, the, you, you do trust the doctor and, uh, and you trust uh, the, the medical advice in regard to these areas, but at the end of the day, it's still your decision. It, it should be. Um, obviously, we're seeing a great deal of effort being put into the coercion and uh, influence to push people into a, a certain direction, and it's still technically not uh, coerced. But, however, we're, we're seeing the state premiers um, basically saying, unless you can uh, prove that you've had a vaccination, you're not going to get uh, the freedoms back that we took away from you. Um, yeah. So... I'd, I'd love it if we could get back to it being between a patient and a doctor, uh, what well, kind of medical treatment and risk management they're going to take individually. Well, the best the best, best interview I saw was I was driving to work one day and had the radio on and they had a, a doctor talking and and he, he caught common sense. He, now, now, I'll declare that I'm, I'm still a member of the Liberal Party and I'll declare that I'm uh, uh, and I have uh, got the vaccination uh, AstraZeneca, and I've got my flu shots, and I get tested every so often uh, because uh, to, to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, not uh, got the virus, and I'm not going to be going out there and, and infecting people. So I declare that up front. But this doctor was very smart. He was also, he, he said, look, had people ringing in and you know, telling, well, I got this uh, this chronic illness, I got this and that and that, and he said, well, this is what you should be doing. But the first thing you should do because I'm not your doctor, I'm only listening to what you're telling me, uh, you go to your doctor, 
he or she knows your medical background and your history and everything like that, have that conversation with them and then make your decision. Yep. Now, that to me is common sense. Now, I, I look, I say to people, look, I got my vaccination. I think I think we should have, uh, people should get vaccinations, uh, but talk to your doctor, have a good conversation and go through all, all the different avenues and everything like that, then make your decision. Yeah, 100%. Uh, mm. Christine says, the government can't take my God-given freedoms. They are not God. Uh, only problem is the government can um, and governments throughout history have. Uh, the government shouldn't. The government can't do it validly uh, and they can't get permission to, but they certainly can pass fraudulent laws uh, which do uh, impose. And, and that's why you have things like the American Revolution to shake off the shackles of tyranny because they recognise that these rights are inalienable, but they had been alienated. They had they had been uh, transgressed by the King of England um, and they needed to change government. Uh, we should probably not be loading muskets. Um, and <laughs> let me rephrase that. Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly but, uh, not. They're, they're, they're a bit out of date too, I think. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, it is appropriate to to uh, vote for people who represent your values and stop voting for people who promise to and fail to. Um, and and that's, uh, that's essentially how we have a political revolution. Uh, we yeah. can do it, and if we're in the minority, um, we're going to have to work on educating people before the, before the election. Uh, Warren, ring it. Also, just to finish on that, look, mm. I'm an example of that. I, I was in the Labor Party. I grew up in a Labor Party family. Uh, we were working class people and that. And it wasn't until about, uh, you know, till, I'm a bit of a slow learner. You've got to be patient with me, David. It didn't take me until <laughs> 2012 uh, that, to realise that, that it wasn't the party that represented the workers anymore. Uh, we had a, a very common sense, layback, larrikin-type culture in Australia, and it is slowly disappearing. And and uh, mm. and I have some great mates. You know, uh, I remember in, I went to school in the sixties, a primary school, and we had immigrants coming from uh, Italy and all over the world coming to Australia, and we used to we used to have punch-ups in the schoolyard. I don't recommend this. I don't think it was good. But but these people were and still are my friends. Uh, here we are 55 years later and we're lifetime friends in that. Uh, and, and we've become great mates. And because yep. we have this culture here in Australia, uh, unfortunately it's slowly disappearing, that, that people can, you know, discuss things and argue things and, and 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 debate them and do things in that, uh, and uh, and we and, and we got on with life and we got and and we and, and you know we, we we took I was going to say a naughty word there too but we took the uh, took uh, jokes at, at 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 ourselves we took the, and had a you know uh, uh, took fun of each other and that and we all knew that yeah. they were jokes they we knew that we did we we knew yeah. they're not that these are. are, are bloke actually meant to harm us or hurt. We and we all understood that. And we so we and we give it back to them and they go to us and da, da. and this is how life got on here in Australia. Yep. It was really 
uh, it was really good. In fact, I recommend people go and watch the old 1960 movie, uh, We're a Weird Mob. And that just showed the larrikinism and how Australia felt, uh, developed. We had these incredible migrants who come out here and helped post-Second World War, and, and even the few that come out before that, helped build this nation. Yeah. And, and mixing together, we've got these incredible institutions, Westminster Parliamentary System, which I, which I think is the probably I might be a bit biased, but I think it's a, it's the best system. I look at all the, all the other ones. I, I take a Chilean approach to it. I say, well, you know, it's probably the worst systems of government in the world, but I tell you what, when you look at all the rest, it's not a bad system. You know? That's right, yes. <laughs> and, and when we make mistakes, and even in the legal system, that, and even they admit that they can make mistakes, that's why you have a an appeal to an appellate court to, to try and fix these things. And the public, you know, they may make, uh, in the policy, that's why we have these elections because, we, you know, sometimes they can fool us, as uh, Abraham Lincoln said, but they can't fool us all the time. So we quickly recover from that and fix it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, okay, want to uh, get you to comment um, on the video, join the conversation with your thoughts, your questions, uh, and your comments, your opinions on, on what we're talking about. Share it with your friends, get more people to uh, watch it, and uh, that will be really good. Also, a plug for the website, head to goodsource.news, um, sign up to the newsletters there. I do apologize, it's been about a month or more since we've sent an update, so you're definitely not gonna get daily inbox spam with articles, etc. But you know, it's only a matter of time until big tech forces us off their platforms, and so, you need to have us connected to your inbox uh, when that happens. And a big thanks to the Good Source sponsors who just put their hand in the pocket for $5, $10, $20 a month and help keep this show and many other independent conservative voices uh, coming to you free of mainstream media, free of taxpayer funding, and, uh, and certainly free of big tech censorship. Uh, so one of the comments uh, we've got, Warren, I just need to get that banner off, is from um, Rena Kay. And Rena says mandates will disproportionately, and she's talking about vaccine mandates, yeah. uh, disproportionately affect Aboriginal people. Uh, what are your thoughts on that statement? Well, look, one of the things I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty disgusted with that is, uh, the government's last year now, look, I'm, I'm forgiving in the first stage of this because we didn't know what it was uh, right. and we were, and everyone was panicked and everyone was going, you know, is, you know, and running around some of us like headless tooks and that. But, you know, we've got now 18 months of experience of this stuff. Uh, look, I in the beginning they said that Aboriginal communities were going to be a priority and it was going to be a priority because of the... Uh, uh, because of the chronic illnesses that our community suffer from, you know, diabetes, respiratory problems, we're, we're big smokers. Uh, I'm not a smoker, but a lot of my friends and and and, and family members are, and and we have the, uh, drinking and so on. And you see, and, and people living in poverty, uh, and so that's uh, that's why it had to have a priority. Now. We were all thinking that was okay because we didn't see what was happening within in that in those communities. We never had we didn't have reports any COVID going there. So I do praise the Aboriginal Medical Service and all that for doing those things and, and the government agency. But what's happened in the last few weeks has has really showed. And this I put my hand up as guilty as get. I, I, I didn't. I wasn't watching as well. 
I looked at the statistics, what was going on in these communities, and you've got Western Australia at four, you know, it was down four to five percent uh, people getting vaccine. And then in New South Wales and uh, in Queensland and other places, it was about eight to 11 percent. Those levels uh, are dangerously too low. And, and so, uh, and so what's happened is now we've seen the, the problems that have uh, uh, happened in Western New South Wales now. And this is another thing that happened to me this week. It was only two days ago. I was on the, the same day the tweet happened. Uh, yeah. my, my wife walked in and said to me, uh, they've, they've named the person who died in Dumbo. And I said, oh, I said, so what was their name? And they said, do you know the Duns? And I said, I said, yeah, you know, we was up there with the football clubs and the rugby league clubs and that, travelling around the, the bush. And the Duns, is, you know, they're really good friends of mine. And then I asked, I said, what uh, what was his first name? And he said, Gary. And you, and you, and I, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Uh, and this is... This is why we've got to have, and this is, and it made me very angry with the mis-messaging, the the the, the, the uh, you know the you know yeah, if you're a football player or you're a celebrity, you get in and out of these places. We're not anyone who says to me that we're all in this together. I'm, I'll tell you well, now, I'm just going to scream at them because they're not. Uh, you know, we're seeing businesses losing their livelihood. I've got mates of mine who, who have just walked away from their business. Handed the keys over, gone. Uh, they're under me the mental health issues of our children uh, is mm. just going through the roof. Uh, mm. And yet, but you don't hear about that stuff, uh, and you don't hear. And, and uh, this is you don't why hear about that in the daily press briefings. Never, yeah. And suicide, it's, suicide rates have gone up, and, and attempted suicide mm. rates have just gone through the roof. Uh, and I, self harm is even just. It's amazing. Mm. And it's across Australians. I don't know where black, white, green, pink, or purple. It's uh, it's it's happening, and, yep. and 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 this is what scares me about uh, uh, what's uh, uh, you know the, the late process of actually getting into these Aboriginal communities. Look, I've got to say they've done a great job in the last week or two. You know, they got the, they they're working. They got and they they're doing it the right way. They're actually not going out in. Beating people up and saying you've got to do this. They've actually got people going, to, uh, talking to people and chatting with them, just like I just said then, you know, like I, I, I believe in getting the vaccinations and getting, but talk to your doctor, get your doctor's advice, look, do your research, do your stuff. Yeah. And then, then make your decision. I, I can't yeah, tell you. I think it's really you. important, um, yeah. Warren. I think it's really important for, the, for those people who have a problem with the vaccine vaccine hesitation concern objection or yeah. refusal i think it's really important for the sake of credibility to allow other people to make a different decision i mean even just rhetorically it's not like we can force them to not take it any more than they should force us to take it uh, but if we just say look you make your own decision uh, i've got some information if you're interested you've got some information i'm interested uh and and then you make your decision and I'll make mine and, and more power to you. Um, yeah. We lose credibility if we start telling people what to do. Well, this is the problem I think a lot of Australians are having at the moment, and this is why mm. the hesitancy has gone out. Even people who would have got the vaccine, yeah, they, they this hesitancy because of the mixed messaging, mm. uh, you know, yeah, like they said, oh, that uh, uh, children under 12, they don't have to worry about them because you know they, yep. they, they, it's very rare for them to get 
uh, get COVID and they don't need the vaccine. And then you get the Premier coming out of Queensland the other day and saying, well, I'm not going to open the borders until they're all vaccinated. Well, yep. what's, the, what's the real message here? And look, I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor, and like most Australians, I'm not, and I, and I don't understand a lot of these things, but I'm not stupid. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't treat me like I'm stupid. And come, yep. come out with all this mixed messaging. You know, and and they, certainly, <laughs> they certainly have treated us like we're stupid. Uh, yeah. We've got Tia and Barbara here saying uh, pretty much the same thing, that doctors will literally lose their licence if they say anything against it. Uh, and, and Barbara says, how can they get their doctor's advice when if the doctor says anything against the vaccine, they can lose their medical licences? I know doctors uh, and I speak to doctors off the record um, and they tell me that um, APRA, uh, their, their regulating authority for medical practitioners, mm -hmm. um, are strictly banning doctors from criticising or publishing any criticisms. That's not science. That's yeah. not science at all. Science involves asking questions and attempting to disprove a hypothesis. Um, that's that is the scientific method, and to and to tell scientists they can't criticise somebody else's verdict and and thinking and and research uh, is just politics. It's not. <laughs> well, it, it, one of the funniest things, and we've seen it across a number of areas uh, across this area. Uh, look, I'm not a scientist. I'm you know, I, I'm only a high school, I studied high school science and that. Uh, but, you know, but we were taught that science is a question. Right. You ask the question, why, remember uh, Sumder Miller, why is it so? Yep. And then you question it and you go, and then you work on it. And, there, and how many times you've seen things that were said in the 1950s or the 40s or whatever, 100 years ago, uh, that this is this is scientifically fine, and then later on they found it wasn't, and so this is why science is always evolving. It's always uh, testing itself. And I, I was taught that you know if I if I was a scientist, I come up with a hypothesis, and then I'd prove it wrong. Yeah. And if I couldn't prove it wrong, then it has some sound base. Yeah. And this is the problem that we're having now that you've got to be in the club. You've got to be in this club. Well, science isn't a club. Medicine isn't a club. It's about right. asking those questions. Why is it so? Why does this person suffer this way? Why, yep. why does his bone break this way? And then you, then you work it to come up with how you fix things and, and, and get medicine. And it's evolving all the time. Yes. It's evolving all the time. Now, as I said, I keep it, and I keep on saying, I would like everyone to have the vaccine, but 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 I but I say to people, at the end of the day, it's your decision. Talk to your doctor, uh, have that conversation, do your research, and then make your decision. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Do your research and and make your decision. Um, we've got this graph here uh, that Senator Jared Rennick uh, found and uh, shared on Facebook with the comment, uh, "Interesting." And uh, in it, uh, we can see a map of Africa, the continent of Africa, and the uh, very northern nations are shaded brown and the very southern uh, nations are, are shaded brown and uh, Madagascar and one of the eastern states, uh, nations, I'm sorry, 
is uh, shaded brown, but all of Central Africa is shaded blue. And then we've got two line graphs uh, and uh, a brown line graph with very high peaks and, and troughs um, going up and down represents the nations which do not have regular use of ivermectin uh, as an antiparasitic. So that's regular use of ivermectin. Uh, but the blue-shaded uh, nations in Central Africa, which do routinely uh, have wide use across the population of ivermectin, uh, they actually have a very, very low and flat um, line graph. And, and that's representing the deaths per 100,000 people in population uh, because of, of COVID. And, and so what that graph is saying is that uh, the use of ivermectin in these nations uh, seems to have a very strong correlation uh, with prevention of COVID deaths in the population generally. That's before people even get sick, it's being very well uh, prevented. Now, this kind of data is nothing new. For those people that a radical leftist would accuse of being an anti-vaxxer simply because you don't swallow without being, um, uh, we, we've basically been hearing this for ages. And, and Warren, this kind of evidence and the complete um, silence on this from the government, if not outright uh, mockery and, and rejection of these kind of uh, treatments and, and therapies, uh, this makes me believe that the government isn't at all sincere or trustworthy when they say they're trying to look after our health. This is a cheap pharmaceutical. It's off patent. It's widely available. There's decades and decades of data telling us that it's safe, it's safe in combinations with other medication. Uh, and we've got Australian, um, globally renowned Australian experts uh, advocating this. Um, now, your comment is, you know, disappointment that the vaccine hasn't been rolled out in Indigenous communities. Well, I stand with you. If they've promised to do something and failed to do it, um, then they're not really yeah. demonstrating any follow-through, any integrity in, in that um, commitment that they said they had. It seems like it's mere lip service. But what's worse is these really easy things. I mean, there's, there's possibly a valid explanation why they couldn't do the vaccine rollout like they promised. Uh, yes. Maybe they, maybe there isn't, but maybe there is. But there's no excuse for pretending there isn't wide, ready, easy, cheap availability of ivermectin with known safety for it. Uh, I, th I think it just smacks of, and look, I, I'm not going to try and explain the government. I mean, that'll just become a conspiracy theory. And I don't know, so it would be just a theory. But what it does say to me is that I don't trust the government. They haven't done everything within their power that's reasonable, affordable and, and possible. Yeah, look, I, I'm not going to stand here and defend the government or any government because I, I've seen some stupid things done. And, and also, uh, you know, as a human being, how you can let babies die, and we know a couple of premiers let that happen, you know, they wouldn't let them across the border and uh, is just beyond belief to me. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't let them across the border. What, they thought they are going to get infected by COVID? They were dying. 
and yep. we see people dying in the, the, the uh, it, it just uh, it, I just can't explain that type of stuff. Yep. In regard to getting back to the point, in regard so uh, in regard, and you listen to McGowan and that you know he thinks he can he can kill and destroy COVID, and yet we know in the history of humanity that no one's ever been able to destroy any virus. It's about how you uh, manage it and live with it. You know. I grew yep. up in the days with you got measles, you got mumps, and you got a whole wide range of different things. But it's I'm not going to. I, I, I stick to my argument. My argument is go and talk to your doctor, have that conversation with them, yep, and then make your decision. And then when you make your decision. That's that's up to you. This is this is and and you can have, but have that conversation with your doctor yep. because the doctor can explain explain it a lot better than me in yes. regard to. The, uh, uh, and, I, and likewise, yeah. certainly better than me yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, one of and, the yeah. one of the myths that's out there that I, uh, mm. you know, love to disabuse people of, is that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and and those other um, off patent pharmaceuticals are not banned, are not illegal. You just have to go no, to your and ask for a private prescription. You will pay full price. It won't go through Medicare. It won't go through the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. But it is ages old. It's off patent. It's really cheap. Uh, and, uh, and your doctor will just have to uh, find some of the protocols uh, that are available. If you write to me and message me, I can show you some websites uh, no, and no, contact no, for your doctor to get. I, I want to dispel one of them, this this. Uh, about anti-vaxxers, uh, a person who wants to look at, uh, wants to take a vaccine and, and wants to have a discussion about the vaccines is not an anti-vaxxer. They want the vaccines. They just want to make sure that they're making the right decisions. Yep. That's what they want to do. And so, so look, the, the people who, who look, if, if the anti-vaxxers out here don't believe in any vaccines, they don't believe in anything like that, that's your decision. I don't agree with you, but people who uh, want a vaccine and uh, but want to question and have that conversation with the, with medical professions and that in the privacy of their of their uh, you know the, the doctor's surgery, they're not any vaxxers. Right. So <laughs> Completely right. Mm. Um, Warren. You have uh, self-imposed a time off social media um, for the next week or two. Um, how much of that is you being, uh, I guess, contrite? Uh, and how much of that is actually just for looking after yourself, um, given your previous experiences, which affected you so, so deeply? Yeah, yeah. It, it is about looking after myself. Um, uh, look, the only... Thing I'm uh, contrite about it. I could have picked a better word. That's it. Right. Uh, but Agreed. my uh, but my but what my argument against that journalist. I'm a hundred percent behind. I, yeah. I have not changed my mind on that. Yeah. Uh, it is about you know I've had a pretty rough week. As I said, you know a, a, a really great friend of mine has passed away, and I, we probably won't be able to attend the funeral and stuff. And and uh, and it was good. I had to take that because I knew that there was going to be a lynch mob 
and a bunch of hungry wolves barking yeah. at my door. So being off the social media gives me time to work on myself. Yeah, good. and uh, and uh, and you know, and I tell you what, I was really a bit down yesterday. I, you know, you really know when you've got great friends when people, even if they disagree with them, right? Yeah. And I've got a couple of mates who we had arguments and disagreements about a lot of things, different things, mm. and and they just rung me up and we had great conversations uh, yesterday and I felt really good afterwards. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're doing the right thing there and, and looking after yourself um, and, uh, and encourage everybody to do the same. Um, you know, if you reach out to a friend and somebody who, who will just listen and, and not try and tell you what to do, but just be there for you and, and help support you through uh, tough times, these, especially these lockdowns and this crazy, crazy uh, yeah. decade that we're two years into, is just, um, just really, really taxing on everybody. So don't think you're, you're weak or, or not able to you know, be average, like, no, that is average, that is normal. Everybody's doing it tough right now and uh, just to be there for each other is good. And <laughs> follow Warren's advice um, and take some time off social media if that's one of the sources yeah. of, of things mm. that um, add too much weight to your shoulders because it's a toxic cesspool, especially Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, stop yeah. watching the news. Um, they're just trying to make you depressed and afraid uh, nonstop. Well, this is the this this is the whole thing. Everything is being and this is where I'm really paid off with the politicians and, and the broker. There's a couple of things that has been proven. One is, uh, thank God, we're not in the European Union where it's run by the bureaucracy because because uh, mm. we've just seen we've just seen what happens when you do get run by the bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of uh, some of the uh, politicians have got to stop using excuses like this oh we listen to the science well you know what's the science in, in regard to i can't dance with my wife but i can go to a brothel you know give me a break uh you know it, it, and some of these idiotic things you know uh, yeah you know, oh well we, we, uh, if, if if kids weren't uh, in, uh, able to be infected then why did we stop them from going to school uh, you know, stop with this hypocrisy and stop with yes. this double thing because it is confusing people. And this is one of the big reasons why Aboriginals hadn't taken up the, the vaccines is because they, they didn't they get, you know, this person saying this and then this person saying, then the same people that change their mind over, overnight, stop with the mis-messaging. Yep. Get, uh, you know, I say, look, people, trust yourselves. Go to the go and have your conversations with, with, with the person that you probably trust the most, your, your local doctor, who's yep. been your doctor for ages. Talk to them, have those conversations, and make your decision. Yep, no, very well said, Warren. Thank you so much for your time tonight on uh, Pello Talk. Any final words before we say goodnight? Uh, look, it's great to see you again, David. Uh, mate, since we hadn't spoken the last time, you've gotten a bit flash. Look at you. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Uh, and also to all the, all, all the people out there, look, uh, look after yourselves, be safe, and, uh, and, and trust yourselves and, and have those conversations. Yep. Well, you know, thanks for calling Spade a Spade on uh, Ben Eltham. Um, that, that one word was regrettable, but uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. He was, uh, it was a very poor display of character and, and judgment. Uh, and the fact 
that they're completely unrepentant is the the real um, thing here. You're repentant. Uh, you've said sorry. You've deleted your tweet, and as far as I'm concerned, there's forgiveness when somebody shows that kind of maturity. Well, it's a Christian thing. You know, two things about a Christian is we do believe in redemption. Uh, people make mistakes. We do believe yeah. they can fix it. We don't believe that, you know, some of these people who lose their jobs because they said something when they were teenagers, just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and we do believe in forgiveness. And... Uh, uh, I just find it really strange, and also we don't believe that we got all the, we know everything, you know. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, and this has happened to me. I, I've spoken to someone, and I said, "This is what I, I believe in." Then they said, "Did you think about this?" And I went, "No, I didn't actually." So then I went and went back and did the sums again. Mm. You know, what's wrong with doing that? Yep. You may come back with the same answer, but. But, but but you may say also change your answer, yep. and and I, I I just find it mad that people destroy people's lives and their job. I'm a businessman. I have people working for me, and I can tell you the worst thing I have to do, it, and I just drives and it makes me uh, you know uh, I can't sleep at night sometimes, is mm. is when you've got to put people off because they got families, they got yep. mortgages, and and. It, you know, it's really tough. So I don't know how these people go like mad dogs and just just destroy people's lives. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Thank you very much, good sir, uh, and exactly. good night. Thank you. Take care. You too. Well, that's Warren Mundine, Order of Australia recipient, uh, Indigenous leader, business leader, um, and uh, really great political strategist. And uh, very blessed and privileged to call him a friend and to have him occasionally on Pillow Talk. Uh, so, yeah, obviously prayers and wishes for him, um, along with everybody else who, who's doing it uh, tough. Uh, we can put on a brave show sometimes, but uh, the smart thing to do is to step back and uh, just focus on what's important and, and make sure you recover that strength before you get back into the fight and fight well for, for what's good. Uh, listen, coming up, Next on The Good Source, you'll only see it on uh, The Good Source Facebook page, is uh, Topher Fields' Slow Chat. And uh, tonight he is talking with Victorian Member of Parliament David Limbrick uh, from the Liberal Democrats, the party that Campbell Newman uh, and others are leaving the Liberal Party for and joining because they actually want liberal small government values, which the Liberal Party certainly no longer offers anywhere. Uh, and uh, my appreciation to all the people who are still members of the Liberal Party and trying to redeem it and change its value, you're in the right place and you're doing a good thing, but you don't have to vote for the Liberal Party while you're trying to make it better. Um, so uh, tune into the Good Source Facebook page to watch um, Topher Field have a good long chat, uh, Monica Smith being arrested in Melbourne. It's going to be a very interesting chat tonight uh, there. Um, so that'll be awesome. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and uh, Telegram, uh, YouTube, at Dave Pello. And um, it's uh, very great to bring this to you. And again, a big thanks to the Good Source partners who um, will actually just put their hand in their pocket each month and I invite you to do that as well. If you like this kind of show, if you want more of it, um, please consider becoming a partner for $5, 10 $20 a month or a lot more. And uh, that will just help us to increase our staff, uh, increase our shows and, and articles and um, bring you more quality stuff 
Well, it's just about 8 o'clock now, so wonderful to switch over to the Good Source Facebook page and watch Topher Field. But that's it from me tonight, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. Today, we need a special kind of courage, not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynics so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.